Olaf Holte, Loden, Prince of Chicago, the One-Eyed King. Born to a pair of Norwegians who moved to Pennsylvania in 1830, Olaf Holte was 22 when he joined the American forces in the Mexican-American War of 1846. He performed exceptionally well, and during the Battle of Veracruz in 47, he played a crucial role in helping to take the city and its artillery positions while only being a lieutenant. It was also there that he met Tachura, who was to become his sire, and Eletria, prince of Veracruz, lover of Tachura, and child of Helena. Eletria found herself curious about Olaf, but allowed Datura, who likewise found the young man interesting, to embrace him, as she feared Datura would become jealous if she took Olaf as child. One can speculate that Eletria's interest in Olaf may have originated with her sire, Helena, who at the time was resting in the soil beneath what was to become Chicago. Datura embraced Olaf, and he spent 22 years in Veracruz under her tutelage. Unfortunately for her, Eletria's interest in Olaf did not fade, and the two soon became lovers. When she found out, Datura sent Olaf on his way, and the young Ventru obliged, fearing for his own life. She pointed him to the newly founded city of Chicago, suggesting he make something of himself there, and Eletria aided him through correspondence in how he was to achieve this. Olaf decided to change his name to Loden before he presented himself to Prince Maxwell, the ruler of Chicago. As he was only one of many younger kindred arriving to the quickly growing city at the time, the prince and his court struggled with maintaining order and thus paid him little attention. Loden exploited this, and as a great fire ran through Chicago, destroying over 18,000 buildings and taking many of Maxwell's supporters with it, he attacked the prince's personal haven and sent Maxwell running, proclaiming praxis for himself. Of course, Loden was not satisfied with just that. He systematically destroyed every Ventru in the city until he and his brood were the only ones left. Loden's way of ruling was simple. If there was a mortal power base he wanted control over, he would discern any potential movers and shakers amongst them and embrace the most worthy, putting them in charge of managing his new assets and muscling out any other kindred already with a vested interest. This earned him few friends in the courts, and as the Torridor Modius, Prince of Gary, found loyalty amongst both kind and kindred, he soon grew to become a worthy challenger for Loden's power. And through union leaders and fired up workers, Modius slowly began to gain the upper hand. The Chicago Prince's heavy-handed attempts at beating down the protesters, or pinning the blame on them for one of his agents throwing a bomb at the police, only galvanized the unions and made those accused of the crimes martyrs to the cause. The Pullman strike in 1894 would turn out to be the final drop. Drummond, Loden's child and the one put in charge of the railways of the city, allowed government troops to outright attack the workers and break the strike, resulting in the incident becoming a worldwide scandal and an embarrassment for the prince. Loden sought to fix this by embracing a union leader, Tommy Hines, and by manipulating him through his mastery of Dominate, he turned the union leadership one after another. This caused an uproar in the ranks of the striking workers, who now sought to use violence to get what they wanted. And through this, Loden had found his key to success. He convinced the other elders of Chicago of the dangers of Modius' mortals, and swore that he would keep the city safe if they gave him power to do what needed to be done. They agreed, and through systematic blood hunts, Loden chased down and exterminated all influential kindred of Modius' court until only the prince remained. The next 50 years turned out to be relatively peaceful, but Loden could never quite shake the feeling that he was ruling at the mercy of the primogen. Slowly, he began to plan against them. But while doing so, Loden took out his frustration on Gary. 
Not merely content with crushing his foe, Loden wanted Modius and his city to suffer. He stripped Gary of all its sources of income, of all job opportunities, and of its life. It became little more than a ghost town, and yet the Ventru constantly tried to find new ways to torment the Toreador, going to greater and greater lengths to do so. Lodin completely ruined the American steel industry to do this, forcing leadership within it to consistently make poor decisions, and he used his child Al Capone to drain whatever money and resources he couldn't legally get his hands on. Lodin also faced an anarch revolt during this time, but he dealt with them, ostensibly with the approval of the Ventru Justicar, harshly. Heavily armed police officers and several elder kindred beat down and destroyed the movement thoroughly, Lodin not giving a rat's ass if it was shown on live television this time. His agents captured anarchs, tortured them for the location of their friends, and dragged them from their havens to face the sun. More than a hundred vampires disappeared that night, never to be seen again. In the 80s, a caitiff named Maul Davis united the Anarchs again, and under her leadership they posed a challenge to the prince. Maul Davis managed to get her own candidate elected mayor of Chicago, and Lodin was stunned, outplayed for the first time in years. Little did he know that several primogens supported her in her cause, seeing in her a means to punish the prince, perhaps even deposing him for their groomed Anarch leader instead. It wasn't until 87, when Loden finally threw himself at the mercy of the Primogen, that the tide turned. The council was swayed to his favor, and he set out to undo what Maldavis had done. He drained the mayor to the point where he died from a heart attack, and the day after, his mortal servants, acting on information taken from one of Maldavis's lieutenants, sought out her remaining allies and killed them. For a while, it would seem like Loden had finally achieved success once more. But in 1993, the werewolves began their war, and Loden turned out to be one of their targets. He was attacked in the penthouse suite that served as his haven, his body crashing to the ground hundreds of feet below. Yet he did not die, and as Chicago slowly moved on without him, the former prince found himself the ruler of a new kingdom. He began to gather the outcasts and low lives of Chicago's slums to him, hiding his presence and retaining the features of a badly scarred and burned vagrant. Driven half-mad, yet freed from the machinations of Helena, who had controlled his moves for so long, Olaf One-Eye now seeks to rule the shadows of Chicago on his own terms. His wounds he either cannot or will not heal, and he is driven by an almost perverse desire to inflict pain and suffering upon others and himself.